Sober October, it's here. Whether or not you want it to be, it's here. We are launching the weekly call Sober October Challenge, and we could not be more excited to bring this to you and work with you as we offer in the podcast to develop a Sober October that is really unique to you. As you will see throughout the episode, they're all different for myself, Amar, and John in terms of what our Sober October looks like. I realized I was actually the only drinker on the podcast, so uh, that was a that was an interesting finding, although not surprised. And we are going to be in British Columbia visiting John, actually meeting John for the first time, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I know I've said this multiple times on the podcast, but Amar and I have never actually met John in person before. So for the one-year anniversary of the podcast, we're flying out to Vancouver to meet John and spend a week there with him. And that will also just happen to be during the last week of the home stretch of Sober October. So right when our impulsivity is at its highest and our cognitive resources are at its lowest, we will be together trying to force each other through it. As you can imagine, Amherst has something to do with phone addiction and John has something to do with masturbation. So this will be a, uh, a great month for all of us. And we also want to make sure that you're following us on social media to be made aware of the winner of John John's book challenge. That is being announced this morning on, on Monday, September 28th. So if you're joining us later than that date, please make sure to tune into the Instagram page to see if you won John's book giveaway. You can, of course, find us on Instagram under the name The Weekly Call Pod to stay up to date with all episodes and information about the podcast. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. We've got Austin out here in Elmer, Quebec, Amar out in Etobicoke, Wait, Ontario, where? and John Elmer? out in Col- Etobicoke. No, Elmer. No, What's yeah. Elmer? Uh, Elmer, yeah, I moved to Elmer. Elmer's this beautiful spot right oh by the river in, in, uh, near Gatineau. It's actually a sector of Gatineau. And I say beautiful spot because like it's. I used to live here as a kid and anyway, moved back here and it's uh, it's been a great experience so far. Uh, but yeah, no, people that are from Ottawa-ish area know that you know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> That's a funny word. And, I don't know. and John... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, John out in Kelowna, BC. And um, well, uh, how are we doing tonight, lads? I'm doing amazing. I got word that the t-shirts are failing and I couldn't be happier. I love the hair on my head. And well, we got like nine people who bought shirts. This is way more than I ever thought, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of kind of relieved. Well, there's a month yeah, left, Larson's... so who knows? Maybe, maybe people could kick it up a notch, but... 
Larson hit us with the stats, and I have to say, I mean, I, I thought that it was possibly because, you know, my head's on the on, – like, my stupid postures there, like, with my fingers touching. Like, it's delayed discounting. That's kind of maybe why it's failing, but who knows. Um, well, one of my friends – It's not the most – it's not the most attractive shirt. That's for it's, sure. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But here's the thing, you know, it's like, are you going to discount the value of what that <laughs> shirt means towards Amherst getting his head shaved? That's the whole point of it. Clearly we have a ton of discounters who listen to this podcast. Hey, look, like they're discounting the value. Listen, you, you know, for you and John, this is your podcast as much as it is mine. If you want to like put incentives towards people who, you know, buy the shirt, feel free. I still think even right. incentives. Right. So your your move, Mr. Trudeau. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, we're gonna roll out some some new merch in the next couple couple weeks and months too. And and maybe this stuff is gonna be uglier. Maybe it's gonna be nicer. Who knows? You know. So the idea is, with the future being uncertain, don't discount now. You know, that's the whole premise of the shirt. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Oh man. John, what's um, going on with you, man? Well, what would you like to know? I mean, just kicking it. Are you done? Are you wrapped up? No, 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 no. No, John uh, and I don't think are ever wrapping up, ever. No, I think that uh, for the next... Uh, There's no more I'll probably up. wrap up in about like eight years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Like how, how much production you still got between... Um... I only, I just only have the seven guys going right now, so... Mm. No, but in terms of numbers, do you need another 100,000... Do you need another fifty thousand? Uh, I got to produce another, yeah, a hundred thousand, yeah. Hundred G's. Damn. Yeah, I think I'm at I think I'm at seven hundred in production right now, and I need to finish at eight hundred. So, come December, there's going to be a conversation between you and Trisha about that car that she wants. So get ready for that. <laughs> From what I remember, which car? Don't you guys want to buy a car? Oh, I'm buying one in the fall. No way. What are yeah. you buying? I'm not sure yet. Maybe like a 2004 Ford Focus. Oh, okay, track. good. Okay. Or, or sorry, yeah, wagon. Okay. Or yeah. like maybe like a base like a, model, like a like a like maybe like a well, if I can find manual uh, windows. If I can find um, manual windows, are actually so like low key, like like the desirable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like when yeah. things can't break electronically. To be honest. But no, I, I, I'm thinking if I can't find a Ford Focus um, wagon, which are just like, in my opinion, <laughs> one of the best like inventions ever, um, I'm going to try and get a Let diesel. Me look I'm going to try and get a, uh, a diesel Volkswagen wagon. Like a Passat? Wait, what, what's it called? Not Ford a Passat, Focus? no. No, I'm, I'm probably trying to get the Golf or the, because or, the Golf's the most fuel efficient, but then if not, maybe a Jetta. But, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Is this it? Is this what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the beauty. That's, that's gangster. Yeah. That's gangster right there, man. Man, you can pimp the crap out of this. Put neon lights on the bottom. Delete the muffler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> delete, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez, if I They're see really John rolling up to an intersection yeah. listening to, to Marcus Aurelius with this on there. there you go. <laughs> Tony Robbins. Yeah. yeah. That's probably one of the They're actually really problems. rare to find. They're really hard to find. What, what makes them desirable? Is it just like... They're really, they're really fuel efficient. Um, they're they're the they're the Ford Focus platform, so there's tons of parts for them. They're just a really mm. you know desirable. I talked to um, one of my friends. Yeah. He he works with uh, cars, and I asked him what is the most um, reliable car that you can purchase, and he was like the Acura TL 2004 edition. You just buy it. It's like leather seats, 
and it lasts you like half a million kilometers. It is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So that might be my next car. In the city, you know, it'd be a great purchase for you. Would be a Honda like, Fit. Honda Fit. Yeah, those are dope. What the heck, Let me look at this. they last forever. Extremely fuel efficient. Actually, uh, Jordan. Oof, uh, Jordan a... Kipnis. Um, Shout out Jordan. One of those. Yeah, Jordan Kipnis drove one of those white. And uh, he drove, I want to say, like eight years. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Eight years. I think yeah. uh, there's there's cars that have been passed down generations, I know, for some of my friends, like the Civics. Get passed down, like, from father to son. And then the, the grand... I think it's it was Luke Fenn who told me that. It was like his dad bought it. No, his grandfather bought it, passed it on to his dad, and then passed it on to them. And then they just ruined it. So... Okay, well, that, that okay, that, that that's enough of a of a seed for me to go into my first topic that I wanted to talk about. Perfect. Uh, do, we, about? do we didn't talk about this in the last podcast, did we? About family di- dynasties. Uh, no, I we, think we even touched on that. Okay, this is great. So, in the same way that you've talked about how like there was one car that's just been like passed down from generation to generation, right? Mm-hmm. I have to wonder where the fuck is all the money that like humans like where does it go like you think about it like family like our families have been around for potentially generations mm. right like mm-hmm. like like oh, Amher- many generations yeah yeah, yeah yeah like for sure well i mean families get formed and they fall apart like my grandfather for example like he's the last male of his family so his like on your dies, on your mom's side um yeah he's well he's not he's not like a blood grandfather he married my grandmother okay. like when okay, like 50 right. but my point being though he's he's um he's the last living male of his entire family so once he passed wow. away you know in like so are you just whatever, to make sure i understand you john it's like <laughs> not the fact that it's just the maternal grandson side it's like because my grandfather it will be the last he when he dies that last name dies because it's on my mom's correct side. that's that's what i mean so okay like okay. my grandfather's name that Dr. name Brown's dies name, is what you're saying. yeah so when yeah. he dies that's it right yeah, you know perfect. yeah i get it he has, he has a daughter but assuming the daughter doesn't you know if she gets married and and um but adopt the other be, person's name but yeah. that would be like an illegitimate <laughs> son and whatnot but either way so point yeah. being though um there's that kind of thing that happens but you know, I have to wonder, like, where's my great great grandfather's wealth? Because you know, even a small amount of money transforms into something crazy. Like, uh, you know, like, like, I mean, if you just do like an investment calculator, like a thousand dollars invested for like two hundred years is just some absurd number, right? <laughs> yeah, compounded at like a really yeah, low yeah, interest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, have you ever seen? Like I have an answer for that, John. Have you ever seen the antique? That's actually Rocho? a really novel question. Like. I've never no, actually I'm, thought of that. I'm, the reason why I'm so fascinated by this wow. is um, I've been reading a lot about the Medici family. And the Medici were a family uh, that started like kind of right before the, the Italian Renaissance. And they were sort of actually one of the like the large, like prominent founding fa- um, families of uh, not founding families, but one of the most prominent families in the city of Florence um, in Italy. And it was a city state. And uh they had the Medici bank. They were like the bank. They were like the bank for the Pope. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like show kind of the power they had. They're in Assassin's and, Creed. That's how I know all about them. Yeah, they are in Assassin's Creed for <laughs> sure. So like they employed like Michelangelo, Donatello, yeah. uh, Leonardo. They actually had Leonardo da Vinci work for them. Uh, uh, Machiavelli even worked for the uh, yeah. Medici's later in his career. So very powerful um, you know, family. 
oh yeah, like um, very, very, very powerful family. But it was really fascinating to read, you know, how uh, the, the, the founding father or, the, the, or not even the founding father, but like the first great man, uh, Cosmo. And, you know, just from generation to generation, they were able to pass down the families, not only the wealth, okay, but also the knowledge, which from reading this book, it seemed like the knowledge was actually, I mean, the money and the power was certainly important. And there was like grooming, like, you know, if you had a son, you'd, you know, have him join the church early or, you know, get him to, you know, the best tutors. And so there was a lot of grooming going on and making sure that the, the lineage of the family was always rich and, you know, arranged marriages and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But the knowledge from one generation to the next was of supreme importance, right? There was core family values. But it got me thinking, you know, every family is basically just one great man away from a dynasty. That's facts. If you, I'm fascinated by billionaires. And if you look at some of those, uh, the, these billionaire families, um, some of them set up their wealth in ways where their own kids can't even touch the money. Mm. Trust and, and things why like is that, that? Yeah. like because they would spend it. It, it, it exactly exactly they're not disciplined they didn't earn it the same way it's it's the same logic um i imagine it's similar to how you know people who make their money too quickly and they don't learn the fundamentals of how they actually acquired that like people who acquire money through let's say like luck to some degree right like lottery winners um people who maybe started a business and the success came extremely quickly and it wasn't exactly built on strong foundations and maybe they sold the business but then they go to start more and then it all kind of crumbles you know like you saw this a lot in the dot-com boom where Mm -hmm. these like tech people would start a business and they didn't really understand the actual business reasons as to why their business exploded and then they would spend all their money on uh you know, I mean, Elon Musk almost became victim to this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when it, when Amazon in the dot com boom went from one hundred nineteen dollars to six dollars per share. Yeah, yeah, right. But it didn't fall because it was led by somebody with business acumen and and it, understanding of money. Exactly. So you would imagine that there's an aspect of like, if you just simply pass the wealth down to the next generation, it's that makes sense to me as to why it would. It, it wouldn't it exist because people would simply just like the, the next generation, if they don't have the knowledge of wow. how to manage that money um, or how to create more of it, then of course it would dwindle away or mm-hmm. even worse, they would, they would just completely blow it. Right. Um, especially in the Medici era, like when like the Medici's were around, I mean, it was ruthless. It, I mean, it was so volatile to, to be a family of prominence. I mean, everything could be taken away like that. It was insane, but um but the passing on of the knowledge is something that fascinates me because the wealth is one thing, but how come the knowledge doesn't just go from one or maybe does it? I don't know. John, that's one of the, I think the toughest questions you can answer because we have all these history books. We have all this knowledge of how these wars start, of how civil wars erupt, of how conflict keeps happening over and over again. We keep going through these cycles um, every 40 years. Well, why aren't we learning? That's, I think that's the same question. Why does history keep repeating itself? And well, I think it's uh, in the Black Swan, Austin, he talks about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of comes down to this one phenomenon of like, if I could describe it in one sentence to make it really easy to understand, it's like, if you don't really truly know your history, you're destined to repeat it. Boom. So that's your answer, John, like right there. Totally, totally. And I, I, I can't agree anymore. Um, it's and, it's and- interesting too. 
Sorry, I was just going to add this one part in about uh, Emmer. You know Stefan Arnio, right? You know of course, that is? yes. Yeah. He predicted the 2020 crash. Yeah, he predicted the 2020 crash, and he actually passed away during the pandemic. I know. Um, so yeah. tragically, I think it was from cancer, wasn't it? It was. He was battling yeah. cancer for three, four, five years, something like that. Yeah, and he was only in his like early 30s, I think. Um, not Ed sure. 30s. Couldn't yeah. tell. He was young, young, young guy, and he had this really interesting video that really stuck with me because I had never quite understood how this stuff works is um, I think we might've even spoken about it before, but uh, bad, uh, hard times produce strong men, strong time, no, yeah, or yeah. S- strong men produce good times, good times produce weak men, weak men produce bad times. Mm-hmm. So it's just a cycle of like, okay, well, what, what, what generation are you and your family? Right. So when I was, I think for a lot of us, the one thing that we have in common at some point in our life, there was like a ton of adversity, even like a little bit more than you would have expected for the average person in whatever way, shape or form. And that feeling is completely subjective. So Amherst adversity is completely different compared to mine and and all these things. But like in in an essence, we didn't really just develop like a, a work ethic where all we're trying to do is just create uh, a more sustainable life and, and retire as soon as we can. This didn't just happen because we were, we were given everything we possibly could have wanted. Right. Like, I just don't think those two things add up uh, in, in terms of that theory, like the theory of good times, good times, according to Stefan produce weak men because they're, they're given a lot of what they want. Well, yeah, like, hold on, why do you think that is? Why do you think good times produce weak men? I think it kind of maybe stems from complacency or like the human tendency of just, working towards a, a hypothetical end and well we're spoiled yeah it's just that simple you know if i need food i go on my phone click a button and it's right there if i want to meet somebody i go on this app swipe a couple of times but and- Amber, just because like i guess the the thing about you though that's a bit different would be like you knew you know on a certain level without realizing it that you kind of had to earn that ability like you live in this apartment by yourself if you wanted to order food like oh, you okay had to work. if we're talking literally i was but, driving my brother to my friend's house to his friend's house um like an hour ago and he was telling me this and we both shared this understanding that uh there's this a certain cell sense of uh importance and uh, significance to us being the first people from our entire generation to to come to a Western country successfully. Many have right. tried and failed. We are the first ones from both my mother's side and my uh, my dad's side to successfully Emmer. come to a Western country. Emmer. Yeah. Do you have a sense of responsibility in not, in not wasting that opportunity? 100%. Hundred, hundred percent. It's why so, I, I chose to do like landmark student works, start this business. So, in a sense, because I just just so I can follow the train of thought, because I really want to kind of dive deep into this. This fascinates me. So, Austin, you said great times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard no. times create. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go yes. ahead. Weak men create hard times. Go ahead. Well, let me yeah, let me go through it. So, great okay. great times produce weak men. Yeah. Weak men then create hard times. Hard times then create strong men. And then of course, strong men's complete or, or create good times, which then completes the loop because then yeah. create, it goes through again. Yeah. So Ammer, what you're saying is, is that maybe there was some great men of the past from in, in, in Jordan, correct? Oh yeah, totally. In yeah, your family, so, he means. 
Well, not, I mean, even just as a culture would say, I mean, we, okay. we can, yeah, we, so, and so there was some great times in Jordan, right? But then those great times created weak men. And then those weak men in Jordan then created hard times in Jordan. And because there was hard times in Jordan, of course, that created strong men. Those strong men, either they said, my dad, they thought, well, yeah, they, they created your dad, right? And your dad said, well, you know what? Um, maybe the strong men of that Jordan gave up on the society and said, you know, what? we're going to leave because we don't actually have faith in this country anymore or whatever the reason. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But either way, they left. And uh, so now you're in good times. You're prospering. So well, we're, we're not really at great times yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Because you got to remember for my, for my dad to bring us here, we lost almost all of our wealth. Why was that? Yeah. How did that happen? Well, the, the costs of, of coming over to Canada as an immigrant, um, uh, I think my dad spent just around a quarter million dollars to bring us all of here. Canadian dollars, like trans, like Canadian, the, yeah, the equivalent. How, how so? I'm curious. Well, great question. You have three kids, and uh, well, my mom has never had to work, so you have an entire family overseas that's dependent on his income, right? So there's that. And what then, did your dad do for work back in Jordan? Yeah, he ran a perfume and makeup company. That's so random. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he was really good at it. And he was a distributor for like, um, so like a a perfumer would get created or a makeup, and then he would go to Versace and be like, here, you should add this to your line, add your name to it, and then say yes, then he would make a commission on that. And he would tell me a story of when these like road shows would happen, where he'd have to go and basically uh, try and find customers for his perfume. And um, he was in Switzerland, and he broke his foot. And so uh, the, the convention was three days. And for three days, uh, he had like a cast on and he was going from booth to booth, basically door to door. Savage. With his, with his, with a broken Oh man, foot. I would love to see Abu Chakra Sr. up there. Just like I a was, photo. I was actually I want, thinking, uh, yeah. listen, listen, listen to this. I was actually thinking for Father's Day, we can all have our oh dads on here. Oh my God, I, man. That would just be... Oh, Jesus. A Father's Day episode would be pretty that cool. That would be just... Oh man, the collision of the universes. Could you think about that? Okay, yeah, so it might be the greatest episode I'll or the worst episode. This. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, if my dad comes on this podcast, like to and this is just him trying to be funny, like he'll probably say like some questionable shit. Yeah, like, no, my dad's the same. And he's he has pretty broken <laughs> English, so I think it'd be hilarious. Yeah, and I think like to a certain extent, like all of our dads are gonna kind of be like Wait, why the hell are we here? Oh, yeah, you guys have, you know, like, there's not even going to be anything. No, to no, it, our really. dads are going to be like, do you make money from this? And we're like, no. It's like, why are you <laughs> wasting doing your time? It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd actually be hilarious because that's like, you know, we'll, we'll almost be uh, almost two years into this at this point because we, we obviously didn't do it the first one, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Father's yeah. Day's in June. So. But, but John, just to, to bounce off your point. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Please. We're still kind of going through these hard times. And my brother was even saying, it's like, we are going through the ultimate test, not just with our ability, but even with like our religion, so to say. So we're now being tested in so many different ways. To That's interesting, actually. I forgot that because, yeah, because your family is Muslim, right? Yes, we are. Yeah. We're yeah. And of course, your guys' faith is sort of under attack from a societal level. 100%. And or, at least you, there's, or at least there's massive pushback. Yeah. Well, it's not really pushback. It's just that's what I'm surrounded with, right? I'm surrounded with all these things, all these temptations, and I'm really being tested with self-control. My brother. Oh no, I meant, I meant like, like there's. It seems like religion as a whole has been sort of attacked by, like the you know by secularist movements, 
and of it course. seems like and it seems like Islam as a whole has been under severe criticism with I mean the introduction of social media and oh, the fact that the, and the fact that there was like most of the major wars the last two decades were all fought in in in, in those countries so. and countries. the Arab Arab Spring so on yeah yeah this is the hardest time to be one of the hardest times to be a Muslim for sure. So it's like another sort of test that, you know, my brothers and my family understand as we're being here into Western culture. But we do know that that's what kind of shapes us to who we are and that we will come over top and whether it be in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, but we will create good times for our kids. And so, I suppose there's no saying how long those uh, hard times last. Nobody, no, it's, it's really in, in my hands, right? It really yeah. comes down yeah. to... And that's yeah. what I like. That's why I love about, you know, entrepreneurship. This destiny is in my hands, right? I could have been working at TD climbing the corporate ladder, but, you know, I chose, I could have came, yeah, I was actually having a conversation with Patrick, uh, my business partner, about like how uh, right now, John, literally, I, I cited you guys because, you know, you guys are, you know, my best friends. It's like, you know, you guys are wrapping up and you're making all this money. And here right. I am just sitting in my apartment, um, burning through my savings, trying to start this business. And it's kind of hard to maintain that vision that I had originally. And then he sort of, because it's, you know, I'm like nine and a half months into this. And he just kind of brought me back, rekindled that vision, reminded me why I did it. And it's for these. Um, well, you uh, also went into it knowing that it might take three years. I did. Yeah. But it, you, you forget that because it's exciting at the time. You know, remember that chart I showed you with memory over time? Remember, well, remember Olivier? Hmm? Yeah. Olivier. And we Olivier, actually want to. Yeah. Bring Olivier on the podcast to kind of recap how his year went because, you know, obviously COVID hit after we brought him on. And, and for anybody coming back to, you know, who's Olivier, if you go back to one of the first ep uh, first episodes of this year, I can't remember, I think it's in the 20s and it's the episode's called New Business Owner Mindset. And we essentially brought on two new franchisees and interviewed them about what they're most excited about. And obviously since then, so much has happened and Olivier did quite well this year still but also fell a lot, right? So, and he was uber confident on that call that he was number one and we really want to bring him back here. And I've already reached out to him to contact him. He's super open to it. And I think that yeah, podcast we we're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to, it's going to be such a value. The fact that he's podcast, open, open no to that judgment. says a lot about his character. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, because he gets, yeah, but he also knows us, right? Like there's no judgment. If there's no like, oh, hey, this was a complete miss. Like I bet that guy learned more this year than he ever could have imagined, you know? And not being number one to him probably taught him more. You know, it's interesting. Um, the number one rookie operator in the West last year didn't even finish the season this year. Jesus. Wow. Just because of like COVID wrench, like the COVID wrench, I guess you could say. No, it's throwing that mind, into it's, just the... mind, it's just mindset. That's it's all mindset, man. But, it, it, but it's the same thing that, uh, and this is why I'm, I'm so cautious right now with myself because it's it's danger territory dude i'm in some serious danger right now complacency is hiding in a bush dude. waiting to leap it's oh yeah man i can i can hear you it. oh my god it. i can hear it too man it's there it's knocking at the door so much there's there's the the enemy is 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 present right this is it's interesting because i think we talked about this before uh on the art of war podcast episode where we talked about how like Machiavelli had suggested that it's during the good times that you should actually 100%. be the most cautious. Right. Yes. He did and say yeah. I, yeah, I'm super, you should be nervous. I'm very cautious right now. Very, 
it, if anything, I, um, I'm disappointed in myself actually lately because I have not been nearly as disciplined. Like for someone who has achieved what I've achieved, knowing that it's times like this, that it's the most dangerous. I haven't been as disciplined as I need to be. Oh no. So like you're talking about your yeah, daily habits. I totally get oh, that. Oh no, no. I've been disciplined. Don't get me wrong. Like I've been just as disciplined as I always have been. Okay. But in times like this, you need to be extra disciplined. Oh, understood. Right? Like, like you know what I mean? Like Winter is coming, boys. Yeah, buddy. Like, are you kidding me? It's like, but so I actually, one thing I wanted to, because I, I, I think lately each podcast, I've sort of been kind of bringing up slowly some of the history that, I, that I've read over the years or even just recently. And I wanted to, and, and, and Amber, I know that we kind of briefly talked about this on, on a couple podcasts ago, but the Battle of Stalingrad. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because that's a dirty fight. Like the Russians said, no, the, the Russians were like, no, you're not taking the city. And they, they crippled the entire German country. It's uh, it's really fascinating when you look at it from this perspective of, so of course, just, this is going to be a brief history lesson, but I think that there's so many lessons in here mm-hmm. that if you guys don't mind, I, I, I wouldn't mind kind of going. I, I just want to highlight to the this. viewers. This is one of the most important battles of world war two and possibly the future of earth. But the lead up to it. Yes. Is, 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 is the crucial point. Cause just telling you what happened, right. Which we already discussed is one thing, but it's, it's the buildup. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I, I, uh, so let's go through this. Let's go through this cycle too. So um, hard times. You want to talk about hard times? You want you, you want to talk about Germany right after World War One? They're they're shamed. Shamed. Pay up. It's a patriotic country, mm. and they're and they're being punished. Mm-hmm. They're and, and their military was stripped to a hundred thousand men. I mean, this is the you know patriotic they were country. Fined so hard, it was ridiculous to put in perspective of how hard the times were just so people can really understand for those who, who don't know at one point in time, because the Germany had gone through a hyperinflation and you're like, well, what's hyperinflation? You know how like the cost of milk goes up every year. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if you heard the story, but M- milk. Yeah. yeah milk. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. Everyone makes fun. Of the way I say milk. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Go ahead. But milk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Milk. Uh, so get this. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, have you guys heard the story about like the, the lady who went down to go buy, um, well, there's like two stories here. There's like one, the lady who went down to go buy some bread and she had a wheel, wheelbarrow full of cash to go buy the bread because that's how much it was going to cost. But then the other part of the story is that she got robbed and the guy stole the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Whoa. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's a made up, I'm sure it's a made up story, but yeah, talk about hard times, right? So anyway, this whole, I mean, without getting like way into like the whole history lesson here, but point being, this all spurred what led to what we know as Nazi Germany. Okay. And in, in just skipping way ahead. And of course, Germany, initially when Ger- Germany had sort of a slippery slope, right. They kind of sort of taking a little bit of land here, you know, take a little bit more land in Austria, a little bit in Poland, you know, take, take some of the Rhineland back next thing, you know, full blown, they take over all of Europe, essentially minus Russia. Okay. Like Eastern, Eastern Europe was still under contention. Right. And they actually had an alliance they had an alliance with Russia. Now they didn't like each other, but they're like, you know what? It's better not to do this, right? And uh, 
this is then when, of course, Hitler broke one of the, you know, the, the, the laws of power, right? And, and one of the rule, laws of uh, war, which is if you're going to, you know, if you're going to attack someone, you got you know, you to you finish the job, right? You got to annihilate them. And of course, rather than going across the pond and actually finishing off England, he decides to start a two front war, which, you know, this is Operation Barbarossa, which, you know, everyone kind of marks off as one of the, you know, one of the pivotal moments of, yeah. uh, which led to his failure. I just, and- I just want to highlight one of the things that you, you got to understand is one of the rules of war as well as you don't attack a city of civilians, like you attack military posts. But what Hitler did was he started bombing London. And, you know, that's like a big no, no. So now he's really pissed off the British. Which there's a really fascinating part about this, which is like this. It's it, there's like a survivorship kind of aspect to this. Is that um, by bombing England, they thought that they were going to bomb them into submission. No, and this has been this has been proven. It's interesting because this has been proven so many times. And despite not learning the lesson, yeah, because because you know what's funny though, because after so you think so Hitler made this mistake, right? And because he bombed London, but what happened was is it actually built up a sense of um, uh, strength in London. You'd think that bombing uh, London would, would demoralize the country. But the reason why it didn't is because so few people actually die. Like when a bomb goes off, it doesn't really kill that many people, right? No, no. In the grand scheme of things, you think about a, a, a city of a couple million, right? You know, if 100,000 dies, it's like, yeah, it's obviously that's traumatic and, you know, you know, rest in peace. But in the day, you know, 1.9 million people lived. And those 1.9 million people who lived feel mm-hmm. like badasses because they've been dodging bombs for six months, right? I they, just feel wanna, in, they feel invincible at that point. I want to add, Winston Churchill, the whole time, has been trying so hard to rally the country to war. And the British are like, no, we have to stay out of it. Haven't we learned from World War I? Let's stay out of it. And public discourse was, was almost broken up. The bombs fell in. You know, very few died, but it was the destruction of their city all of a sudden, you have an entire country saying, you know what, this Winston Churchill guy, we trust him. We're not letting these guys get away with this. We're going to go to all out war. If you need me to sign up, sign me up. I'm grabbing a rifle right now. So so then back to the Eastern Front. So you got so now, I mean, for the Nazi Germany, this is good times. They're partying, <laughs> right? I mean, they're in Paris, Paris, yeah. right? They're having a good time. They, they, you know, they've basically conquered all of Europe. Uh, you know, they're, they're going in North Africa. You can see you know. black and white footage of, of Hitler. Yeah, man. They're partying. Officers drinking wine. Yeah, him and his they're, wife they're, dancing. They're, they're, you know, ransacking churches, getting art. They're buying art. I mean, this is when all the Nazi uh, generals were all, you know, focused more on what their art collection looked like rather than the tactical field, right? Rather than the battle maps. You know, people are built, you know, Hitler starts building massive compounds in the, in the mountains, like Eagle's Nest. They're starting to buy, you know, get fancier Mercedes, those Maybox, mm. right? They're getting mm. nice watches, right? Good times, right? What happens with good times, right? Weak men. So, so, these, so then what happens with Operation Barbarossa is they got cocky. They figured, oh, no big deal. We're just going to go march into Russia, not going to learn from history whatsoever because Amarat who could they have learned from? Who else tried to go conquer Russia? Was it the Bolsheviks? Napoleon. Oh, Napoleon, yeah. Right? Didn't learn any lessons. So they, this is, this is so crazy. So the Germans 
thought it was going to be, they, they, they launched in the spring. Okay. Operation Barbarossa. They were so convinced that they were going to conquer Russia so fast. They didn't even bring winter coats. Mm-hmm. They figured, Oh, don't worry. Wow. Like we'll, we'll be home before Christmas kind of thing. Like, like by the end of the summer, we'll be in Stalingrad. We'll be in Moscow partying. Right. Wow. To put it into so, perspective, it's like, you know, your sternwork season starts in April and you're like, Oh man, I'm going to do like, you know, a million. And we're going to wrap yeah. up in August. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't worry about, you know, doing yeah. any of that. So that, that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. No, these are all the vets though, right? Cause all the people, no, cause you gotta remember all of the guys that went, cause you remember after they took the West, what the Western front, after they, you know, took it all the way to Normandy, right. Those guys in, then in all France. went to the East coast, right. Or to the, to the Eastern front. So they're all vets that are like, Oh yeah, we, we conquered France. No we went problem. to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like they're like, Oh yeah, we're good, man. Like we're good to go. Like, don't like, send me Hitler. Like it's all good. We're going to do this. No easy money. Mm. Next thing you know, you know, 300,000 of them, 300,000 Germans outside of Stalingrad, stalemate. Mm. And then, of course, it froze to death, man. It ended up in the, in, in the surrender of the Sixth Army by General Paulus, who, by the way, when he surrendered, I mean, he, you know, had a pretty luxurious sort of surrender. Yeah. his troops out to dry but you know there was all these you know it, it just ended up going disastrous but it just it just reminds me of like how important it is that in times like right now that i don't go march off into russia thinking it's going to be no problem i'm packing yeah. winter coats i got my boots on right we're good to go so here's the question what should we be doing right now to prepare for this winter? Very simple because question. Because not, or plan, uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Do you guys feel like, do you, do you guys feel the, this sense of, um, well, There's actually, a, I mean, interesting yeah. enough, Ammer, do you feel like that may actually be the case for you? Dude, every day I wake up, there's this sense of impending doom. Like, I feel did like you do Operation? Hard. Did you do Operation Barbarossa? Did you try and march in? I mean, I, I'm just making this up on the spot, but do you feel that? What sense? do you like, like? What kind of metaphor are you implying though for Ammer? Just the fact that he wasn't prepared. Like, what what does he mean? Just the, like, well, is he not I I come or like. I actually well, didn't even mean for the lead into this, but I'm I'm okay. curious. Like, do you feel like you well when I on marched something? when I marched into this, I was because you started the year. Remember with a million dollar income. Million dollar goal. It was an. It was I'm curious a, though. Do you do you think that might be a, an aspect of like the dude? No problem. Moscow before Christmas. We're gonna be partying. Oh, dude. Yeah, I fell for that. Hundred percent. And uh, it, I was so focused on the upside. It's like oh, the upside is gonna be huge. I completely ignored that what was what it was gonna take, and it it took a totally still taking way more than I could have ever imagined. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, now this one year goal has turned into a three year goal, right? But it's still, it's still happening. It, I'm still going for it. And here's what's interesting about this. And this is why I love this podcast. This is the highest amount of accountability I will ever, ever get in my life. Because mm-hmm. I will either end up as, there's really two options here. I'm either gonna become a millionaire and this, you know, my, this podcast would be proof about how mindset and these little things matter. Or either I'm going to fail miserably, and you guys will kick me off this podcast, and uh, <laughs> uh, there will be 
there will be hours and hours and hours of content of how much of a hypocrite I am. I never actually thought of that. You, you definitely are, in a sense, on social death ground. I am. <laughs> And I love there's, it. There's no retreat at this there point. There is not. Well, I think we all are, though, to a certain extent. Oh, yeah. Like, John, uh, yeah, good if, point, if, actually. If, if, if you produce less than 750000 next year, yeah, there's going to be some questions going on. Potentially, for sure. Like, well, the, you know yeah, what, actually? The success of this podcast is determined by our ability to maintain our word. It's interesting because, like, um, I like to craft, like, these bullshit stories to myself. And, and, and they're, like, really helpful. Like, they're, like, myths that I create. And then I try and like, you know, defeat the the dragon, right? And um, I have this like this prevailing story that that I uh, that that has me really excited for next year and really motivated, which is that. But I feel like this has always been the case. But it, it's a good motivator. It's like I can't help but think that people are like, can John really do that again? Like from zero? No, but can he grow that again? Like. Like John, sure, he did, you know, 750,000, 800,000, but like he's going to ProWorks next year. Like, is he, why? Like, he, he's going to make that transition. Like, he's, he's just really going to, like, you know, you the same numbers, you need to be able to grow. It's like, let's see. I actually, I actually right. think about that, man. You're, you're working with a totally different brand that's not even targeting students anymore. So I'm very curious to watch. And I have those questions. I got to be honest. Yeah. Possible to grow at the same scale. I think more discipline. Mm, that's what I'm more is. cautious, right? I, I got to be more cautious. I got to be extra disciplined, right? Oh, I got to okay. be, be knocking on doors even earlier, right? I got to be knocking on more doors. So John got on a phone call with my, with my brother um, earlier this week. And first of mm. all, thank you for taking that time. Baby chakra. But, baby, what difference were you able to kind of see? Because we have the same... Uh, we have the same background. We have the same kind of idea. We have the same resources that we're exposed to. What difference did you see between myself and, and my brother, if any? Ask that one more time. So you talk to my brother. My brother is only two years younger than me. He's been exposed to the same resources, the same people. Um, he has the same story as I am, and he has the same sense of responsibility. What's, what big difference were you able to pick up on that? I know it was an hour phone call, but... What difference were you able to to sort of uh, pick up? Did your brother talk to you about the call? Uh, he just said that he he liked it and he took a bunch of notes. Yeah, that's all he told me. And and that he was and that it was about the small things that really matter. That's what he said. It was really interesting because do do you remember the phone, Amber? When you phoned me, right? You phoned me in. You I phoned me, me and you just, no, no, but you phoned, uh, no, you called me what, what, and what asked, me, asked me questions. The first time we ever spoke. Oh, the first, dude, yes. I will never yeah. forget that call. I remember where I was standing. I think Zade has a real chance to beat your record. I love it. And the reason Ooh. why I say that. <laughs> I was going to ask why. I love it. No, no, the reason why I say that. I say real chance. I mean. Like, it's not out of the question. It's yeah, it's not a high percentage, but I'm just saying, like, it's there. It's a real chance, right? I mean, you know, any record, you know, it's gonna be difficult to break. But the reason why I say it's a real chance is because he came prepared. Like, he, 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 when he phoned me, it wasn't just like this 
random like hey all man, my brother set up this call type of yeah thing. my brother set up this call no no you know, well, i mean first of all one he set it up i mean it was a little suspect on the setup but it, you know it worked and he caught me at a good time and we chatted and it was for an hour but i was blown away by the preparation that he i mean but at least you know if he didn't prepare that much he deceived me in thinking that he did because he asked really well thought out questions i'm not sure Amber, if you gave him the questions to ask but no. Definitely. I mean, it could have been a podcast. I mean, he was hitting me up with some stuff. He was, he had put some thought into some of this stuff. And one of the questions that really hit home to me, which is actually what we were just talking about. He says, John, he's like, and I love when people ask questions to me when in reality, I know they're really asking that question to themselves. I love those questions. And Zaid had asked me, he's like, you know, you know, you just did 750. Like, what stops you from just like partying, drinking a little bit more, having fun on the weekends, you know, sleeping around, buying a car? Like, what, you know, what, what, what gets you going every day? Like, why are you so motivated? Like, what, what are you doing, right? Like, why are you so ambitious, right? And I can see that Zaid sees that coming enemy, right? We all have that common enemy of like, I don't know, it's like, weakness i don't know it's like this like weird thing where um i guess i think the enemy is is ego and i could see zade force he, he knows that ego exists he knows that enemy exists and he was curious about it but like i couldn't help but think that that takes a little bit of self-reflection to know the enemy that's not actually in front of you mm. right mm. Well, to, be have the, to have the foresight, I don't know, maybe he saw this, maybe he learned lessons from his older brother. Maybe he learned, learned lesson, lessons from his father. I don't know. But clearly somewhere in Zaid's life, he, he knew that was a, something to watch out for. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a fascinating question. Um, he came prepared, but he also didn't want to talk about himself. He wasted no time. He asked me questions. He listened. He took notes. He even restated what I said to make sure he actually understood it. Mm-hmm. And of course I gave him as much time as he wanted because I could tell that my time was being respected and that I, I knew that what I was, the, whatever I was saying, was landing. he was taking it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was taking it in. That's right? awesome. He, it was interesting because it was one of the few conversations that I actually have with someone where he wasn't looking for me to affirm any of his current beliefs. He was looking to have- I'm sure I proved wrong. He was having, no, well, not even prove wrong, but he was looking to have a new set of beliefs that he figured would actually level him up. Mm-hmm. It came from nothing, yeah. basically. Like, yeah, no, I, I, was, I was really impressed by your brother. But, but, but no different than the way that I was so impressed by you, Amr. Um, when I first spoke to you, I just remember like getting off the phone and thinking to myself, dude, I need to step up my game. Like I was like, what? No, because you were so well-spoken the first time I chatted with you. Like I, I remember thinking like, I don't know. Like, um, I remember this one time, one of my employees who was like, 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 but of course, of course I didn't see you, Amber. I just like, I just saw, or I just heard you over the phone. Right. But I remember this one time I had this employee, um, his name's uh, Jacob and uh, this couple of years back and he took off his shirt in front of me, like, cause he was like changing his shirt, um, to put on the, the company shirt. And I just remember seeing his body. I was like, and I was like, damn, what the fuck, man? Like, good for you. Like, <laughs> Like he had like the most ridiculous, like Roman sculpture body as in like, like Michelangelo himself couldn't have like sculpted a better body on, on, on marble. I was blown away. 
right? That's incredible. But it was, but, but it was the same way that when you first phoned me, I remember getting off the phone and thinking to myself, like, damn, like the way that Amherst speaks, it's just a little different. And Zaid kind of had that same sort of polish to him, you know, like that same level of like, I don't know, that Abu Chakra, Chakra. <laughs> <laughs> the Abu Chakra. Uh, Thanks, man. Geez. I appreciate that. I just wanted, to, yeah, to, to to hear that, and it it feels good. Yeah, thank you for. But saying meanwhile, that. Baby awesome. Chakra is going to listen to this and, and then get a huge ego because of it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I go to his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see, man. But I appreciate that. Um, Austin, I know we're talking about kind of self-control and something here. Was there something that you were thinking about? Uh, I know we talked a little bit of, uh, I'll just give it to you. What do you have in mind? What do you have in mind, man? Big time. Cause here's the thing. I know you guys are already pretty disciplined with, especially just, um, like partying or, or drinking and, and essentially drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't, I don't do any drugs at all. I know there's probably a few people that listen to this podcast that, uh, just a little meth, you know, in Elberg. Yeah, Elber, a little Quebec. meth here and there. But I mean, like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's the spot for it. Uh, it's not off brand. So, yeah, uh, I think a lot of people have, I guess, like, the more common drug would be weed or, or, or marijuana, right? So, like, that isn't necessarily like the most severe drug. So, I completely understand that. However, there is something to be said for just on the theme of this podcast, we've been talking a lot about, um, being prepared, being disciplined. And I feel as though this year more than ever, I have let, uh, and and this has been a common theme on the podcast where I've said like, if there's anything I need to improve on with my discipline, I'm very disciplined when it comes to work and my business. However, when it comes to like what I put in my body, it's just like, it's almost like a different, it's a different pool of resources that I'm pulling from discipline wise, right? It almost just, it's like a paradigm shift over here. And yeah, like you got the wealth, you got the wealth pillar built up, but you got to get that health buddy going. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not unhealthy. It's just like, I definitely want to be somebody that's more healthy. Do you know? still and do the, like no, but, the but perimeter? Austin, the and perimeter I'm not rationalizing it. I know that no, I've done Austin, that little, that little sentence that you threw in there though. That little sentence. I know, sentence. I know. It's like, but I have I'm not to unhealthy. You. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I know, man. So anyway, that's, I no, but no, no, but that's, but you know what that sentence is? It's a validation. It's mediocrity. Yeah, it's I'm okay. Like, so this is exactly the, the you're okay with. You're podcast. okay with just being unhealthy. You're not. I'm not unhealthy. One hundred percent. I'm not poor. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not poor. Right. I'm yes, not yeah, undisciplined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 I'm not yeah. lazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're totally right because this is actually what we spoke about with Pat too when he was on the podcast. Like people are so much more motivated to get from a a, a standard that's beneath their minimum standard back to zero than they are to get from zero to like 10 or whatever. Like, let's say their bare minimum acceptable standard is like a four out of 10. Okay. So they have to be like, they have to be like a four out of 10 to be like anywhere where they would even in the realm of acceptance. So if they're at like a two, they're super motivated to get back to four. (laughs) Right. But if they're at a four, they're really not that motivated to get to a six or a seven, let alone a 10. Right. So it's just like the degree of which you're really you're finding purpose and what you're trying to achieve is so much different when you when you're uncomfortable with where you are versus where you're kind of comfortable. So and that's and that's essentially we're getting into the definition of complacency, right? So, um, well, mediocrity, I, man. Yes. Well, I think it's I think it would be fair to say that like a, a long period of complacency births mediocrity like a, like an extended period of like just being a bit complacent would essentially redefine a standard to be mediocre. Mm. 
you know? And I think that, uh, well, what I wanted to do is just announce that we're going to be hosting a sober October challenge. Sober October. And that's not uh, the first time you've heard that branded. I know a lot of other initiatives and shows have taken this on. Joe Rogan does it. It's pretty cool. Oh, dude, I can't wait. And from uh, October 1st until October 31st, um, we are, I'm going to. When does uh, this podcast get released? This podcast will be released 27th. on Monday, 28th. Uh, Monday, the 28th. Yeah. September 28th. Okay. Okay. So the week of this episode coming out this Thursday, we're starting it essentially for the first, right? So the October 1st, we're starting it and it goes until Halloween. So it's a full moon on Halloween. What's going to be, what's going to be, what's going to be really cool about this is that Amher and I are also going to be in Vancouver the last week of this, this challenge, right? And we're going to be in Vancouver hosting a meetup with both people who listen to the podcast and also Student Works West. And it'll be great for Amber and I to get out there and meet some folks. We're in the process, uh, process of setting that up now. Mm-hmm. But you'll be able to see, you know, what, what, what changed for me. And I'll be in the week three of sobriety. So I haven't done... Uh, I did two months sober in January and February, but that was after I got back from Europe and that was much needed. But now it's like, you know, it's going to be, you know, I haven't really pushed myself to in a while to eat really clean, work out every day and, and not drink mm-hmm. uh, and, and not drink anything, even just for, you know, casual, you know, glass of wine with dinner, you know, beer after, uh, after the day's over and stuff. Right. So um, yeah, anyway, it's going to be interesting. And uh, I'm really excited for it because there's nothing more, there's nothing more that just puts fire under my ass and like makes me really pumped to go and do this. Because when I hold myself accountable on this platform, shit gets done. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, I find additional purpose in what I'm doing. Right. And I, and I know that it's, and and I had a good conversation with, with uh, Chris Thompson and, and this was when my rookie year of running my business, And, you know, he essentially said, Austin, you know, he was doing Tuesday calls. He calls everybody that that's doing well in the company every Tuesday, just to check in. And I said, you know, Chris, I found something out that's a little bit daunting about myself. And I don't know if I like it too much. And he said, what's that? And I said, well, I find that I'm a lot more accountable to other people than I am to myself. Mm. And he was like, Austin, that's a, I mean, he, it was just kind of like, I wasn't talking to the, the CEO anymore. I was talking to Chris and he's like, Austin, that's the case for a lot of people, man. Like you shouldn't really beat yourself up, beat yourself up about that. Like if somebody knows that they're late for something for them, they're a lot easier to rationalize it versus if they're affecting a large group of people. Well, now there's a bigger impact. And so it's not that it's just for you. It's just that by virtue of like the law of numbers, you're impacting other people, right? If you're not doing it now, there's, there's a lot, there's a larger loss at hand. And I still don't, I'm still not really a hundred percent clear on whether that behavior is really healthy. Cause I look at somebody like John, when it comes to discipline and I'm like, I don't really think there's a difference for you, John, if you let yourself down versus letting somebody else down, like it's equally as painful or equally as like, Oh, it's significantly more painful. I want to ask John down. Yeah. John, if you so didn't that's live the with thing me. is I feel like, I feel like it's just different, right? Like for, is that something I need to well, be here's, here's, here's just to have it impact me more? I'm not sure if there's a difference here, but, and Austin, maybe this is just me thinking too much into it. But like, if I let myself down, I just, I just know, like, I mean, I don't want to let other people down. Like, 
that doesn't, you know what I mean? Like I, like I'm highly motivated to not let other right. people down. Like, I don't want to yeah. have to call my employees and tell them that I don't work. I don't want to have to, you know, call yeah. a, a, you know, a, a customer and explain why we did a shit job. Like, believe me, I'm, I'm there with you. I just right. know right, right. that other people aren't like, I mean, people are willing to put up with mediocrity. Like I'm just not right. Like if I tell you that I read, you know, a book a week this year, you'd be like, wow, good job, John. Whereas I'd be like, what happened? Cause like last year we read a hundred. So what happened? Right. Or if I told you I ran a marathon, you'd be like, whoa, dude, that's so impressive. Whereas you'd be like, so why weren't you doing ultras? What happened there? Right. So I just know, like, I mean, I'm almost scared of myself in a sense of like, I just know that like, I'm going to be really hard on myself. And I don't want to have to let that guy down right. because that guy is a fucking asshole. Yeah. You think you'd produce the same results yeah. and maintain the same habits if uh, you weren't living with Trisha? Well, I think my ego certainly would like to believe so. What do you mean? Yeah. But it, uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure every, I mean, this is, and this is the superior, I mean, I'm sure there's an aspect of the superiority bias here where, you know, do I think that I would do just as well without Trisha? Sure. I don't want to find out. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Like maybe, but yeah. like, yeah, there's no, there's no yeah, doubting. There's no doubting that she's had a, an extremely positive impact on my life. So would I have came to the same means? I don't know. I mean, you know what I've done as well, if I didn't have Corey as a DM, I don't know. Right. So and That's in hindsight, counterfactual yeah. thinking. You'll yeah, never know. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard that, to say. What, but, it's that what if question. But I think that um, th- this is a similar line of thought that a lot of franchisees go through. You know, would they be as would they be as successful if they just did student works? Mm. Stats say otherwise. Mm. Yeah. Stats say otherwise. I don't have any stats on. Well, I do actually. Pre Trisha, did decent. Post Trisha crushing it mm. yeah but then the, but i mean the, but there's even aspects of mediocrity within that that you have to be so cautious of because you know we've been dating for two and a half years austin you've been dating your girlfriend for how long almost five years okay well i mean austin i mean you gotta Jeez, that's you gotta crazy. hit home on this one because yeah it's easy to settle for a mediocre relationship i think like i'm seeing oh, for this sure more, and more often like yeah. it's i almost have to work even harder now to have a great relationship because it's like to have a date night that's just like go for dinner have a brief chat go home i go read she goes to that super easy right yeah. just a mediocre date night yeah, yeah yeah right yeah i know you're definitely at the point where it's really interesting to be working towards a relationship that's almost five years old because you have to start to look at things a little bit differently as you go through it because you, there's a bunch of fatigue effects, you know, there's like gift giving, right? So now gift giving is a bit commoditized. Like you, you know, you got each other like a few new items or whatever you wanted to get each other as gifts. Okay. Well, we had to come to an agreement after like year two. It's like, Hey, we, we aren't allowed to give each other things anymore. Like we need to go and like, invest in opportunities and like uh experiences that we can I remember you said that and that blew me away i was like genius man yeah because like you know um i can't even really remember the last thing she got me but i can tell you all the different concerts and shows and events we've gone to do like you know we go and 
like a bunch of different staycations in our area that are within like five hours and, and going to experience the area we live in going to really, you know, just do things together because ultimately when you live with somebody now, it's like, well, you're going to see each other every day. You're going to have dinner, you know, five, six days a week together. You're going to be up waking up in the same bed together. Um, you know, that's just going to trigger getting essentially it's what I like to kind of call commoditizing a relationship. It kind of just puts what maybe your big dream was of having a partner. It's like, Hey, I can't wait to like live with someone and wake up next to them and cook, cook meals with them. And all these things that you would have like aimed for before you had a relationship are now just like kind of the things that suck about it in a sense where it's just the same. So it's like, how do you make it different every time? And doing these experiences are really cool. But I think like at the certain time, like at the same time, I should say like, you know, I think that I was reminded this year by Pat that like, you know, I kind of, and then we kind of have a bit of a sickness, right? Like look at the three of us. I mean, I don't imagine that we would be the three easiest people to date in the world, you know, constantly trying to do crazy shit. Like in terms of what we're aiming for, we're always a bit aiming above and beyond like kind of unrealistic goals in terms of income and just like consistently hitting it, consistently holding each other accountable. We're kind of just like not necessarily the most makeshift normal people. And that's totally fine, but not necessarily the easiest thing to date. So <laughs> you know, looking at this and going, okay, hey, look, you know, my partner doesn't need to be exactly that version of that. However, she is very good at like dealing with, with who I am, you know, motivating me, cheering me on, being a huge part of my life that allows me to go do that stuff. Like that's the partner I have and really, you know, super happy with my relationship that way. So how do you guys not get bored? It's kind of interesting. Well, I mean, before I answer that question, like John, it sounds like we have a little bit of a different relationship, right? Because it sounds like to a certain extent, you're trying to like maybe emulate or get Trisha to emulate some of the skills that you have in terms of discipline and, and seriousness about her goals. And, and while Miranda does that, it's almost like there's definitely not that same degree of seriousness there. Not maybe seriousness, I should say. That's not the right word. But same degree of like craziness, I guess maybe is the word. Like intensity maybe is a better word, right? Like there's not as much intensity there. And, um, you know, Trisha, I don't know how much Trisha does, but like, I don't know if she's doing as much as you and it's kind of vague to me, but like I, for the longest time was like trying to hold Miranda accountable to doing the same amount of things that I would be doing in a day. Like, Hey, this is better. This is more efficient. This is going to be worth it in the long run, all these things. And then I just kind of found like at the end of the day, I was holding my girlfriend accountable to like being me. And it's just like, totally wasn't going to be worth it. And it wasn't working. Well, and so, Austin. Yeah. Do you, do you think that you're the leader of your relationship? I think it would be very naive of me to say yes. And I think I, I am in certain regards, but there's definitely regards. There are definitely things about our life that she is definitely the leader in. Sure. But, but as a whole though, there's a leader of the your relationship. leader. Are you saying there should be a natural leader of a relationship or it's like bad to have? I'm not, I'm not making any claims of should or shouldn't be. I'm, I'm asking you. I'm saying, hmm. is there a leader in your relationship? And if so, who is it or who or what is it? Um, if you define the leader as somebody that has the best interests of like the sustainability of the relationship in mind, what we should do next, what we should be aiming towards. Sure. And that's her, right? So which is fine. If but... you're talking about like the leader of the relationship being like 
yeah, if you're talking about the, the leader being like, who's most gung ho about the accumulation of resources to be able to do whatever the hell we want to do in the next 20 years, like if you're maybe looking at like, okay, who would have maybe like to break it down more objectively, like just let's say higher ROI, maybe me, I don't know. Like, is that bad? I'm not sure. And is that like to quantify relationship that way almost just feels like you're desensitizing it, but potentially, I don't know. What do you think? Well, potentially, I, I mean, I look at it more as like, I just want to be a leader in general. Okay. And, and it just happens to be that I'm, right. I'm, I'm in a relationship with Trisha, but like, as an individual, right? I mean, we, we talked about this with how to be a great leader by Plutarch, right? And, and Plutarch had talked about that, you know, those who wish to govern must first w- um, learn how to govern themselves. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And that, that and that what you want to do is become someone, okay, who is great, be a great leader, and then assimilate other people to that higher Yeah. And so I guess, you know, I was maybe trying to try and lead by example is what I'm saying. But in all fronts. Yeah. Like yesterday, for example, like I noticed that the house wasn't quite as clean as I as I'd like it. Okay. And of course, that's sort of in Trisha's domain. So what did I do? Rather than see, I think a poor I think a weak leader would say, Hey, you're not doing your job properly. Here's all the things you're not doing, right? I got in, I got down in the trenches with her, right? I was vacuuming the whole house. I cleaned, but I didn't, I didn't say, Hey, sweet, we're going to go clean the house today. She woke up and I was getting after it. I was vacuuming the house. I mean, I was sweating. Like, I mean, you've never seen someone work so hard at cleaning the house. I dusted <laughs> everything. I, I put all the dishes in the dishwasher. I, I cleaned all the stuff by hand, loaded that bitch up, mopped the floor, vacuum the entire house. I mean, I didn't realize actually low key vacuuming is hard work. I dusted all the tops of the windows, the China cabinet, literally everything. And then guess what? I'm working my ass off and Trisha sees, wow, John's getting after it. So what did Trisha do? Trisha starts whipping out the cleaning supplies as well. And she gets after it as well. And we got after it together for like 45 minutes. We busted a sweat and our house is pristine right now. I, I made, I made a peanut butter sandwich two peanut butter sandwiches, cut hers in half because I know she likes it. We sat down, ate some peanut butter sandwich, didn't say anything. There was no conversation of, sweetie, we need to step up our game. God damn, this apartment is clean. After we ate that sandwich, message was sent. Here's our expectations, right? As a relationship, here's where we need to be. But I led by example. Yeah. But Trisha also leads by example too. Right. Trisha doesn't tell me, Hey, John, you should go to the gym a little bit more. You know what she does? 7 a.m. Hey, John, I'm going to the gym. When are you going today? Oh, you fucking, I, okay. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, guess what? I'm going to the gym. I got to go to the gym after this podcast because I can't, I can't let this girl just show me up like that. Come on. You got to get that Jake, <laughs> Jake body, bro. I love it. Yeah. So, so that, that's, I mean, I don't know if that answers what we were talking about there, but I think that's, uh, that's the way I view. No, I think like there's, yeah. When it comes to things that you think the other person needs to improve on, you're both not shy to become the leader of any one situation. Yeah. But, the, but, but I think that it's, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong here, but 
I firmly believe that it's important to have people in their own domains. It shouldn't be up to chance whose responsibility something is. And because this is what we talked about. This is what we talked about how, why, why does Austin, do you have power now? Like is your building you house numbers and whatnot now? No, uh, it's coming in this week apparently, but I have. Yeah, but do you know why? Remember we talked about why that was the case? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Just yeah, like no leader. Because, yeah, there was no leader, no, no responsibility. Guess what? Yeah. When when there's no leader of the yeah. finances, guess what happens? Yeah. yeah. Ain't taken yeah. care of. Oh, yeah. and my job. Hey, sweetie, how come we have, we've been married for 10 years now. How come we have no assets? I went to the financial advisor. Yeah. It turns out we're $50,000 in debt. What happened there? What do you mean? Yeah. I thought you were handling the finances. What do you mean? I thought you were. You're the male. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's divorce, son. That's divorce. Yeah. Son. They can't afford divorce. <laughs> that's divorce, son. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you if if you're not if you're not what is it? What was that quote, Ammer? If you're not preparing to succeed, you're preparing to fail. No, no, no. Failing to prepare is preparing to not, fail. If you're not, yeah. Failing to prepare yeah. is preparing to fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's an equivalent quote quote when it's like failing to lead is like leading to fail. I don't know. Hey listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the weekly call. We just have a quick yet very important message for all of you. The three of us are currently actively in pursuit to find young, ambitious, and like-minded people that are interested in business management and business ownership roles. Roles that three to five years ago put Austin, Ammer, and John in a place where they could learn, grow, and optimize their discipline and habits. These positions are available all across Canada. So it doesn't matter if you're in Victoria, British Columbia, or St. John's, Newfoundland. There is an opportunity where you are located. If you are interested in working directly with Ammer, Austin, and John, and learning what it takes to run an efficient and scalable business, please drop us a line at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com all one word for more information. Now back to this episode of the weekly call. Something like that, but yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to jump to a little bit of whack really versus what is that? To, uh... So ladies and gentlemen, oh, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to have John listen to and recite probably the number one song right now that's making headlines across, across the world for more than a month now. And it yeah. uh, features, uh, features my friend, Cardi B and Megan the Stallion. So, uh, WAP. John, are you ready, man? Can you give uh, me I, one second to prepare for this? I, I don't think I'm ready for this. It's, uh, <laughs> the lyrics are absurd, man. I can't, I can't wait for this. I can't we had a few requests come in for this song, for this segment, and we couldn't pass it up, so. Mm, mm. So, yeah, we got... A qu- a quarter billion. Are you sharing audio, Amber? No, yeah, there's there's audio, yeah. Oh my good lord! Yeah, we're t- we're talking about a quarter billion views in one month, John. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Cardi B featuring Man of Stallion. Wop. Seven days a week. Wet ass pussy. Make that pullout game weak.
it up, nigga, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. That's enough. <laughs> I've developed a twitch on the top of my left eye. I'm not even kidding. The fuck did we just listen to? <laughs> this is the most popular song. Of no, the past it's not. Month. A quarter billion is, dude. in one it month, is. John. And now you're going to read the lyrics. Go ahead. This is John Morgan. Okay, highlight what I got to say. You're right there. Go down to the bottom. I'm not, I want to read the rest of that because I, I think that there's, there's actually even less value below that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, there's an extra okay, go up line a little bit. that you should go up read. A go up a little bit. Okay. I, I don't even know if I could take this seriously. Dude, you have to. You have to. Zone in okay. here. Come on. Come on. Zone in. Zone I in. said certified freak, seven days a week, wet ass pussy, make that pullout game weak, woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Don't say this. Don't say this word. Beat it up N word. <laughs> Catch a charge, extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top. I want to ride. I do a Kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth. Look in my eyes. This pussy is wet. Come take a dive. Tie me up like I'm surprised. Let's role play. I wear a disguise. I want you to park that big Mack truck right in this little garage. Make it cream. Make me scream out in public. Make a scene. I don't cook. I don't clean. But let me tell you, I got this ring. <laughs> so John just kept Oh, going. man. John, I need you to release an audio version. Do you know what that sounds like to me? I'm just going to – this is the first time I'm – I'm going to read some Marcus Aurelius, but I'm just going to comment on what I just read there. What this sounds like is someone who is not preparing for the storm. <laughs> because I'm telling you right now. This person I'm, is definitely not preparing for the storm. I'm telling you right now. I don't cook. I don't clean. But let me tell you, I got this ring. I'll tell you right now, if she's banking on having that wet ass pussy for the rest of her life, everybody gets old, sister. Yeah. Right. Seems like she's banking on her sexuality, which in the case of women peaks at some point in maybe their twenties, maybe their early thirties, but beyond that, it's a depreciating asset. This is her net worth, by the way. <laughs> Cardi we'll B's see. net worth. We'll, we'll see if she keeps it. Is $24 million as of this. Record. I have a hard time believing that she's keeping, she's, uh, she's preparing for the storm. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. that is so geez, that was amazing did you hear the, did you hear the beat to, drawn hear by the way that? did you hear the no, beat I didn't. In the background it's like there's some hoes in this house there's oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah okay well either way here's here's what we have with marcus aurelius so pick wop or this if the gods have made decisions about me and the things that happened to me so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to laugh. I'm just, 
<laughs> I'm just, I'm, I can't even keep a straight face right now. Okay, go ahead. This is one of my favorite lines in Marcus Julius. Okay. I've cried reading this before. If the gods have made, <laughs> I can't even laugh. <laughs> I've cr- even... cried reading this before. <laughs> oh, Amber, you gotta, you gotta stop laughing, man. I'm just dying. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get out of the frame. I'm dying. Oh right my yeah, god, yeah, I'm yeah, dying yeah. right now. Okay. Okay. Mm. Mm. Man, I, I'm just gonna like I, <laughs> I can't even. I can't, I can't even get a straight face right now, man. It's just that song I love is. It. That song is the definition of whack. I can't even get my. I can't even get my cheeks. Down. It's it's oh, it's so whack. good. Those aren't the, okay. the whole lyrics though. It gets like okay. Hit okay, it. Okay, hit okay. us with some wisdom. Come on, okay. get rid of if, the whack. If the gods have made decisions about me and the things that happened to me, then they were good decisions. It's hard to picture a god who makes bad ones. And why would they expand their energies or expend their energies on causing me harm? What good would it do to them or the world, which is the primary concern? And if they haven't made decisions about me as an individual, they certainly have made, or they they certainly have about the general welfare. And anything that follows from that is something I have to welcome and embrace. And if they make no decisions about anything and it's blasphemous even to think so, because if so, then let's stop sacrificing, praying, swearing, oaths, and doing all the other things we do, believing the whole time that the gods are right here with us. If they decide nothing about our lives, well, I can still make decisions, can still consider what's to my benefit to do, and what benefits anyone is to do what is his own nature requires. And mine is rational, rational and civic. My city and state are Rome, as Antoninus, but as human being, the world. So for me, good can only mean what's good for both communities. Wow, that, that's actually pretty cool. If Translation. Can, mm-hmm. Go ahead, Amr. Like, what I understood was if the gods aren't making decisions, which is the things that are outside of my control, at the end of the day, it's now up to me to make some decisions. Yeah, yeah. Like if it's if it's not up to fate, then then it's up to you, mm. right? Mm. Don't worry That's about what the god. If if it is in fact the gods' decisions, then let it be because they wouldn't they wouldn't choose to harm you, right? And you should embrace what's what 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 they what they give you. And if and if it's not the case, then you can control it. And either way, your actions should be directed towards improving the city and the state that you live in, right? And I think that things should be local, right? Mm. Some people contribute great philosophy. Some can people, some people contribute wet ass pussy, mm. which I just realized that's what WAP stands for, right? <laughs> yeah, correct. You got it, man. You got it. <laughs> that is correct. This is yeah. Well, I'll, I'll leave us with this. I just found this. I just found this quote by Epictetus, and I think it kind of brings WAP and John's share right together. <laughs> If someone is incapable of distinguishing good things from bad and neutral things from either, well, how could such a person be capable of love? The power to love then belongs only to the wise man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Or, or those lines right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Enough. 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 John, I can't tell okay. you the amount of records that song broke. Like, I really want you to understand. Yeah. What do you think has yeah. what it What do you think has made that song so popular, and why are people not disgusted by it? 
I asked the girl this question and, and she said, it's empowering that this song so? is empowering because there's this sort of like tabooness about a woman's sexuality. And this song is like kind of taking control over that, which I kind of understood. It's an extreme way to do it, but it's one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. This song's pretty catchy too. Like I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty catchy. The the chorus, not the lyrics. Yeah, I can't really sing those lyrics. But it's also how obscene it is. I mean, just think back to any song that really okay. went super viral. It's it's the ones that were really obscene. Like think back to Britney Spears. She was sexualized as a 17-year-old. That's when that's when like she became really yeah. popular. It's what people are drawn to, man. Yeah. It's uh it's it's just you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think you know what I'm talking about. But but even like the expression wet ass pussy, like where's like where's the ass in there? Like wet ass, like no, no, like it's a it's an expression, like um it's like an ex ass there is used as an exclamatory adjective. Like instead of it being wet, it's it's wet ass. Like if I take a shot, like is it empowering then- because like they're like they're like I'm so, I'm so, so is it empowering because they have the power to devalue themselves? Like I'm, I'm super confused. It's not really devaluing. It's just kind of just own like, you know, here, here's this line. He bought a phone just for pictures of this wet ass pussy. Pay my tuition just to kiss me. Now make it rain if you want some wet ass pussy. So it's kind of like, well, clearly, I mean, clearly she's not aware of what makes a strong man because clearly what she's looking for is a hard hitter. She needs a deep stroker or in her words, I need a hard hitter. I need a deep stroker. I need a Henry drinker. I need a weed smoker, not a garden snake, not a King Cobra with a hook in it. (laughs) Or I say, she says, I need a King Cobra with a hook in it. Yeah. He he lean over. He got some money. That's where I'm headed. Pussy A1 just like his credit. Okay, I mean, at least he's going after guys with good credit. He got a beard <laughs> while I'm trying to wet it. Yeah. Okay, I let him taste it. Now he diabetic. I mean, you don't want to diabetic, man. I don't want to spit. I want to gulp. I want to, Jesus, man, this stuff is crazy. <laughs> See, put him on his knees. It's just like about being, you know, empowering. <laughs> I don't know though. I mean, are you really like powerful? I don't know. Cause the thing is, is that a guy who would, a guy who would fall for all of this, in my opinion, is a weak man. Cause I mean, this is all talking about like the vice of sexuality, right? I mean, a man that's giving you it, it patience. It is. It is. Yeah. I, so I suppose there's dude I mean, guys do this by the way, too. Like every rap song we've read, it's guys doing this. What? Talking, talking about, the, remember the juicy J song where he's like, um you say no to ratchet pussy juicy j can't it's the same thing but he's a dude saying it right is a female version exactly so i just because it's female i don't think it's it's anything less i just think it's it hasn't been done before as well as this it's it's certainly just as ridiculous if not as ridiculous as the men i mean they're both ridiculous oh dude yes i think we're both we're both on agreement there see yeah it's just uh yeah. We're just reading the lyrics right now. That's why. This is so funny. Jesus. 
But hold on. Look how many songwriters there are. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six people wrote the song. Austin Owens, Belcalis Bel Almanzar, Frank Rodriguez, James Foy III, Jordan Thaupe, Megan, J. Pete. All wrote this song. And it's popular? It's Dude, the it's number so one popular. hit. WAP charts. Oh, my God. Debuts at number one on Billboard Hot 100. If you go on YouTube, this has 65 million views. But it's interesting because everything about her is extremely fake as well. Like she's got fake boobs, fake butt, fake lips, fake eyelashes, fake hair. Yeah, but but like, some 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 dudes don't care about that. Are you tired? You know, like. No, I know, but it's interesting because she didn't have to work hard for any of these assets that she's trying to like. Well, she off. bought them. You know, she made the investment. Well. She would have had to, like, at the very least, work hard at some point in her life. I mean, to gain this following, right? Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not well, to, well, I'm not, no, well, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to doubt that she's worked hard for all this. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there's extreme dedication to doing what she's doing. I mean, obviously, I mean, she has 208 million views. I'm sure this is not by chance. I just, I just question the message. Like, it's, it's, to me, it's like, there's a reason why Marcus Aurelius is not a very, like, yeah, because Marcus Aurelius was an do you, emperor. Do you remember when we said great times create uh, weak men? Mm-hmm. Okay. This sums it up. For all you guys who are out here listening yeah, to I WAP. Could see, I could see that. Anyone who's listening to WAP in their car, guess what? <laughs> Wait, for all the guys. <laughs> guess what? Well, no, but women too. I mean, any, for anyone who's bumping around WAP in their car. I'm telling you right now, you're, you're, you're going to be a victim of this oh, whole man. great time phenomenon. I'm telling you right now. This is the music you, video, by the what way. Do you, if, uh, if, you think, if you think that the greatest use of your time right now, when you should be more cautious than ever, I mean, this video is just ridiculous. Everyone just doesn't know, but we're, we're listening to this video in the background, and it's, it's just over the top. But either way, if you think the greatest use of your time right now is listening and watching WAP, it's ridiculous. I look forward to going to battle with you Jesus. because you will get absolutely thrashed. I guarantee <laughs> you by men like myself and women like Angie oh Lister who are getting after it. Yeah. Shout out Angie. Angie Lister. <laughs> don't listen to what? Jeez. John, John has Angie in his, in his arsenal. It's always top of the list. Well, you know what though? I, I mean, it. yeah, she's she's crushing it. So yeah, the question is, Angie, have you listened to WAP? How many times have you listened to WAP, Angie? Can how would this even pop that? out? So, how did I not even know about this? If it has two hundred eight million views, you have to you have to wonder why this didn't pop up on my list. Uh, list of what? List of what? I didn't know about this song. How, if you, how did you guys know about this song? I mean, I have Spotify. I can I listen to top playlist sometimes like wops is there i'm like hmm on my on my audiobooks it don't recommend wop (laughs) there's no audiobook of wop when i listen to podcasts by jocko willing guess what wacko will wacko willing (laughs) jocko willing don't mention wop Mm. So you're 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 in the wrong areas of life if, if yeah, this is what's getting I mean, recommended to you. I like a good uh, a good tune while I'm driving. Sometimes you know, like nothing too abrasive, but just like you know, uh, country song, good country tune, driving down the road. You know, is, is that is that so bad? Like, I no, mean, I don't think so. I like I, I, the I, I, Ammer. 
Mm. Or Austin, just name a random country song that you listen to that you like. Uh, Burning It Down by Jason Aldean. Okay, let's look at the lyrics of this. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb and say that it's probably reasonable. Okay, I'm not saying it's going to be great, but I bet it's reasonable. Okay. Oh, my okay. God. Right. Wait, Austin, you listen to country? Of course I do, man. Oh, my God. Okay, go down. What? Go down. <laughs> well, everyone knows that the lyrics are usually like a little bit more deep in the middle. Okay. No, they're not. Sipping on some cold Jack Daniels. Jamming to some old Alabama. No, never mind. Never mind. Austin's Laying country right there, version. dreaming in my bed. Oh, man. What? What's the problem here? What is it? Because no, it says... Uh, I don't actually don't have a problem with the lyrics. You I have a problem keep on flirting? Like, I mean, that's... No, that's I mean, not dude, bad. That's not that bad. Press play. No, 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 no. No way. Ever. This We're listening to country on this podcast. I refuse. The lyrics make this song look like the worst kind i'll give you that Austin, not even just in terms sorry, of Amber, like, can you can you look up just because uh, they said, like there's no can you look up uh paragraph 17 of the enchiridion it's spell uh, spelled with an e we'll just go epictetus uh manual for life epictetus yeah yeah it's, yeah it's kind of right how do you spell Encardinia? I don't honestly. It's 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 N-car- yeah. Just look, go Epictetus. Go just type in Epictetus. Epic. Yeah, not quite, but sure. Okay, um, there you go. Click on that. Read the lyrics of this song. Right. Remember it's, that you are an actor. It's merely for the for the flow. It's honestly just like the instrumental of the music. If this was in a song that had like a good melody, I think I would listen to it. Remember that you are an actor in a play determined by the author. If short, then short. If long, then long. If he wants you to act as a beggar, then act even that with excellence. Just as a cripple, a ruler, or a citizen, because that is your objective to act the role that is given to you well, to select the role, that's up to someone else. Mm. Achieve excellence. I think we had, I think it's a good, good, good place because um, uh, there, there have been some messages about somebody saying, Oh, you should, you should play like a, um, a song that that's not bad but it is whack versus wisdom, but. Um, Dude, you know, if you want to know, you want to know a song with some real lyrics, Hard Knock Life by Jay-Z. So this has pretty good lyrics. So do you want to, do you want to read this? Sure. Okay. Let's hit, hit me up. Okay. Read it, John. You want to know what's more important than throwing away money at a strip club, Ammer? What? Credit. Mm. You ever wonder why Jewish people own all the property in America, Ammer? This mm. is how they did it. Mm-hmm. Financial freedom, my only hope. Fucking living rich and dying broke. I bought some artwork for one million. Two years later, that shit worth two million. A few years later, that shit worth eight million. I can't wait to give this shit to my children. He's talking about legacy. Mm. I mean, artwork, interesting. Okay. Y'all think it's boogie. I'm like, it's fine, but I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for 99. For 999, which is the, for the, the cost of his album. Oh, I see. I turned that two to a four, four to an eight. I turned my life into a nice first week release date. Mm. Y'all out here still taking advances? Me and my niggas taking real chances. Y'all on Graham holding money to your ear. That 
there's a disconnect. We don't call that money over here. So interesting. So that, that one, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to break this down because there's wisdom in here. So when he's talking about you, you um, uh, sorry, I, I didn't mean it by the way. I also didn't mean anything by, it. I was just reading the lyrics here, but when he says, um, uh, you, you, you all still out here taking advances. What he means is that one of the game, one of the things about the, the rap game, the rap game, or at least it previously was that how they would do this is they give you these massive advances, but they would give you nothing on the back end. And the reason why they would do that is because these guys were poor and they didn't know any better, right? But so, but Jay Z was smart because Jay Z's like, no, I'll tell you what, I want only money on the back end. I don't because he didn't blow all his money from his first album. Mm. He kept it. He was investing it. He was a one of my favorite lines from Jay Z. He's like, he's like, I'm not a, um, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The fact that he didn't need an advance gave him leverage because he said, look at, I'll write a song, but I want to, I want, I want royalties. I want percentages. I don't care about $200,000 for writing the song. I don't need money. Right. right? But that gives power, right? There's power in that. There's great power in that. Read so, this. All the same song. I told him, please don't die over the neighborhood that your mama renting. Take your drug money and buy the neighborhood. That's how you rinse it. I bought every V12 engine. Wish I could take it back to the beginning. I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like 2 million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, look at this guy. He's, he's This is him reflecting on his uh, on his failures, right? And he's learning from the past. He's, he, he's observing his environment. He's saying, look at, when I was a child, I was, I was more concerned about buying V12 engines. He was buy, here trying to buy a Mercedes, right? He wants the SL 550, right? When in reality, he could, that's the down payment for that, for the corner store that he grew up at. The one where all him and his friends went to, he could have bought it for like 2 million. Now that same corner lot in Brooklyn or wherever he grew up, right? Now it's worth 25 million, right? Guess yeah, he I'm feels feeling. like an idiot, right? Yeah. So yeah, it feels like a Dumbo, right? Because he, he messed so th up. There, we, we are aware there are some songs out there that have good messages, um, but for this, like, but that's not where most people listen to. Not everybody listens to this song. This is the story of OJ, right? This is the song we're referencing, by the way. Uh, what, it, what, I, you know, what we're kind of concerned with is, you know, WAP, here, here's the headline. WAP make, made history this week after logging more than 93 million streams in the US alone, the most streams in a debut week ever. And, it, and it's just, you know, it's, uh, that's why we're kind of. I'm not sure like if that's a global number, but like that's one in the third US. of the population. That's, so that's one third of the population of America. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, man, right? Great times create weak people. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Weak people create hard times. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm building up walls, kids. I'm building up walls. I'm 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 buying winter coats. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting an extra Russia. insulation. I'm putting yeah. an extra insulation. I'm packing extra gas. Did right? Did I tell you guys about the renovation we did to the apartment? Did I say that on the podcast before? You didn't actually know. So we well, you our... did say the initial stages of it. So one we of our tenants, some big money on it too. One of our, one of our tenants moved out, and so we renovated the apartment for uh, twelve thousand dollars. We put twelve thousand dollars into the apartment. Okay. Um, How many units is the apartment building? It, it's it's eleven units, 
and somebody moved out. We, we renovated the crap out of it and we put, uh, yeah, we put $12,000 into the whole thing. And I want to read you the September report um, on that, on that apartment. And when I read this man, I was like, I, I was just feeling over the moon. So um, just waiting for it to load. Come on. <laughs> Where is it? Uh, anyways, it's literally on this page that's not loading. But that that $12,000 investment, because we did it and we forced appreciation, uh, read, read this. Where? Well, can you read it to the, to the viewers? Because I will, I will. Right there, right there. Fifty on a on a twelve thousand dollar investment. Um, no, you. I gotta start at the top for sure. Yeah. Since the building net operating income will increase six thousand dollars a year at a seven point five percent cap rate, that adds an eighty thousand dollar of value to the building. So on a twelve thousand dollar investment, that's a five hundred sixty seven percent gain. So just so everyone understands the real estate implications of this. So what, what Amher is saying is that they did a 12, so their tenant moved out. Okay. And to take advantage of that opportunity, because I'm sure that she'd been there for long enough that maybe the rent was super low. Okay. She'd been there for maybe, I don't know, 10 years or something like yeah. that. So she wasn't up to market rent. So what they did is they spent $12,000 renting the unit and that had increased the rent um, by, uh, you know, 500 bucks a month. Okay. So whatever that, whatever the, so before it was $900 a month. Okay. Oh yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. Amherst literally showing me the numbers here. Anyway, so $6,000. Now, in, now the nice thing about them being in commercial real estate is that the value of commercial real estate is solely determined by the net operating income. And there's basically two ways to um, increase the value of a property. You either decrease expenses, which of course would increase the income, or you would just simply increase the income. And so in this case, the increased the income, such that now they have an $80,000 gain. So in this case, that's a 560% gain. You're not getting that on the stock market. Yeah. And if you are, you pay half of it in taxes. So, so yeah. Um, just wanted to share that because real estate is such a quiet thing. It's so slow, but I just wanted to, to shout that out because when I got that message, I'm like, oh, that's, that's what Grant Cardone's talking about. That's why yes. real estate creates the most millionaires. Heck, I might become a millionaire not from my business. It might just be from this real estate. It's most likely yeah. actually the case. <laughs> it's so, so funny. No, man. I'm serious though, because you know, I I don't know if how your guys' views are on this, but I used to think that income was like the the most important thing. Like how much money yeah. do I make per year? Yeah. Not the case. We're actually having a, a guy on the podcast here pretty quick. We already had him on the podcast before, but we're having him back again. And I, I'd love yeah, to hear what he has crazy. to say about it. It should well. be coming out right around this podcast. Yeah. Griffin Milks. Yeah. Milks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny how we were talking about that earlier. Naturally, you were saying milk. We were saying milk. And his name is actually pronounced the right way you pronounce milk. Milks. Yeah. Griffin yeah. Milks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait milk. for you to not milk a cow you milk a cow bro it's definitely milk are we seriously doing this right now oh okay it's Ready? definitely milk here i'm gonna go milk i've been pronouncing this for 24 years look just look just listen okay ready ready milk 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 learn to pronounce Slow. <laughs> no. Practice the 
Milk. Milk. <laughs> is that was that enough for you, John? Hold go. on, hold on. Go down to the other question though, because maybe learn this, to pronounce milk. There was there, someone had asked if it's pronounced milk or milk. It doesn't matter, dude. No. There's obviously enough people out there in the world that are pronouncing it my way. I wonder what the majority is. Mm. It's I'm like right. bagel versus bagel. Never. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, I guess no, it's no, deteriorating. No, 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 no. Austin, very, take very, us home, yeah, baby. Seriously. Take us home. Take us home. No, well, e- Emmer, do you not want to? Oh share no, the about sober your... October. Whoa, boys, hold on. We oh, hold on, just... Jesus. Oh, it's so much to talk about. My bad, my bad. Okay, hold on. You you said you wanted to share something about your your segment. Bring it back for the first time in a couple of weeks. Emmer's accredited advice. Is that? Did you already touch on that a bit? We, we did. We did. It was a little bit about the the real estate. I did want to talk about okay. um like the art of decision making. That's something that I never thought like. Remember how I said in our previous podcast how I was thinking of moving out and how that may have been the best move for myself. And I was just kind of stumped because here I was faced with a pretty important decision and I had no framework into how to make it. And so I sat back and I did some research Mm -hmm. and I found um, I really boiled it down to uh, three things that you have to consider when making a decision. And the first thing is the half-life of that decision. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. The half-life of yeah. me making a decision to buy a flat screen TV, okay, and putting it in my room. Here's how it goes. That half-life, do you know what? So first of all, half-life is a term that, that comes from chemistry that talks about how uh, a molecule fades over time. And so its lifespan is half. So let's say a molecule is only supposed to live for two this years. This is carbon dating, right? It, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, really, it's a carbon dating. So how long is this decision going to affect me? If I decide to buy a flat screen TV, here's what's going to happen. Automatically, I'm going to lose $1,000. That's the immediate result. Okay. Then I'm going to get home and I have to set it up. And that's going to take maybe three hours of my time. But then once it's nice and set up, well, now I felt this sort of, now I'm going to feel this need to use the TV so that I can feel like I got the most value for my dollar. Because if I didn't use the TV, then it's like, oh, I just wasted money. So the more I use it, the more I feel like I'm getting its value. So now I'm watching TV and I'm watching a lot of TV. And now this, so you see this decision to decide to buy TV. Now all of a sudden, fast forward, you know, a month later, and here I am watching a bunch of TV shows. I'm, walking, I'm, I'm now finally watching Breaking Bad. I'm now finally watching Game of Thrones. And when I'm not watching the TV shows, there's still an effect because I'm now in my head solving these problems um, that I'm in these TV shows that are not even real. I'm now worried about the characters, what's gonna happen next? What was that cliffhanger about? So there's all this energy being taken. So that's one thing, that's the first step you gotta think about about your decision. What is the short and long-term consequences of this decision? Can I comment on that briefly? I am a very firm. Now, if you if you actually compound that out over time, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I decided to stop there for a reason because it can get like obscenely. People, I, you know, people might get skeptic. If Quite I say, literally. I mean, I'm I'm not going to try and like simplify this too much, but like in large part, one of the reasons why I'm a top one percent earner in Canada, and some of the guys I went to high school with, who I hung out with on a daily basis, are still living with in their friends or in, in their family's basement is they didn't sell their Xbox and mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it can play into that. It is that obscene. So that's the one so how thing. How did that apply to the decision to move in or move out? Yeah, well, so I'll, I'll, I'll tie it in. I'll tie it in. So 
um, the half-life of my decision to move out, if I move, because if I moved out and moved into the other place, it was probably going to be um, uh, for a year. So the half-life of that decision and how long it was going to take in effect was actually around like maybe two years. Because get this, um, first I have to break my lease. So um, if you did any research on mm. breaking your lease, the owner can literally say, no, you're not breaking this lease. If you do, I'm going to mm. sue you because there's a contract that says you have to live here for a year. So now I'm exposing myself to that rabbit hole. And then when I move out, I have to find like, I have to buy a bed because all this furniture here, all right, this place already came furnished. So I have to find a bed, a mattress, I have to set up. It's going to take me a couple of months mm. to get used to it. And then uh, it's, you know, I'll live there. But then once that's done, I have to go find another place and that's going to take up more time. So in terms of time commitment, it takes up a lot. And, uh, and I had to think about that. And so the second criteria, which was really important, was if you make this decision, how many more decisions are now available to you? So let me explain this one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, curious. Yes. So if you decide, uh, if I decided to move in with them, there's now more decisions that I have to make that I didn't have to make beforehand, which exposes me to something called decision. What time are they using the washroom? Okay, Bingo. Yeah. Decision fatigue. Because now if I'm waking up in the, well, now I have to figure out, well, what time are they waking up? What time are they going to make noise? Okay, now I have to make a decision here. Okay, um, I can't really record this video now because uh, somebody, mm -hmm. one of my roommates is recording the video. So I have to like do something else. Um, I'm really like productive, but like they just made dinner. Do I come down with them and eat with them? Or do I delay and try and eat by myself and finish what I'm doing now? Oh, they're going out to a patio. Do I go out with them or do I stay in? Oh, they invited some friends over. Do I come down, say hello? Or do I, do I try and stay productive? Um, uh, it, it's time to upgrade the modem and we want their opinion on what the best package is going to be. So now I have to, you know, think about, you know, we have to sit down and have that conversation. So there's all these decisions that, ex that come out of making this one decision, right? And you got to be extremely aware of that. So like John said, like, are they using the bathroom? Okay, no. So I have to be really, really aware of that. If I buy the TV, that TV example, every day I'm going to be faced with an extra decision of do I turn on the TV now or not? And that crossroads might come up five, 10 times throughout the day. It's pretty insane. So that's the second criteria. The third criteria is the surface area of your life. So whenever you make a decision, are you going to be expanding the surface area of your life or are you going to be making it more simple? So with what I kind of go, I kind of go with the stoic route where, you know, a simple life is usually the best life, specifically if you're trying to run a business. What do you mean by the surface area? I'm kind of interested in that. So, oh, okay. So let's say I decide that I'm going to start going out to the club with my friends every Friday night. Well, not only is there like the drinking and the decision-making I have to make, but all of a sudden my life's surface area expands. The locations that I now go to, the people that I now meet, the new people, the new locations uh, expands. And with more people in your life that are closer to you, the more text messages you're going to get, the more invitations, the more drama, the more relationships you have to maintain, the more decisions you have to make. It 100%. just gets, it gets super complex. And before you know it, you're going to get overwhelmed. Decision fatigue, big thing. So that's, again, with the surface area of your life. So, John, if you decided to join like a mastermind, or if you decided to, um, uh, you know, commit yourself to a certain organization or a group, you're now exposed 
to that organization and group. One of the big benefits that I got from kind of leaving student works is yes, the community is important, but there's less kind of relationships to sort of uh, manage and, and sort of care to because my, the surface area of my life just really got close. Like my circle got tighter. So I got way more focused. And so what do you think if I moved in with these two roommates, I'm now exposed to them on a daily basis. That's their friends I, and then their friends and what they're up to and their problems and their drama. And of course I have to be a good roommate and have to solve this problem for them. It's an interesting point. So surface area is one thing. So the thing that, the thing that stood out to me to what you just said is the increased text messages and phone calls and emails. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I am starting to, but I have a lot of work to make in this ground, but it's something that I observed lately is I'm realizing that I'm getting text messages from people that I just need to be like, Hey man, like I almost just need to call them up and be like, Hey man, you know what? Like I really appreciate you texting me and whatnot, but I need you to stop doing that essentially. Like you text me once a week asking me if I have any friends who are looking to refinance their house. Please take me off your list kind of thing, right? Or, you know, that friend who, who's like, hey man, we need to get together and like meet up. Hey man, you know what? I'd love to get together with you, but like I just don't actually have that in my schedule for you, right? I mean, I'm sure there's better ways of saying it, but decreasing the surface area of my life. I like that. Yeah. And it's, it's something that most people don't think about, but it, it's super, super, super important. And so these are the three things that I had to consider. And with every single example moving in, all it did was very simple. It reduced the amount of focus that, was, that should be going to my business. And that's what John actually hinted. If you go listen back to that podcast, uh, John, when I asked John for his opinion, he was like, mm, I would think about that a bit more actually. And so... It was because of focus, you know, that's, that's the big thing. So that's, that's sort of the one thing that I, that I found. So reducing decisions, uh, reducing your surface area and considering the half-life of your decision. So, you know, more area, more problems. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, um, one, one of the things that I've made that kind of reduced my, the biggest amount of decisions for me and while living here is I get food delivered to me. It's like just prepackaged meals that I just warm up and eat. So now I never have to decide when to eat, what to eat, uh, how to eat it. It's just ready. So I don't have to ever decide. And that just kind of closed that whole tree. It's yeah. like, oh, what am I eating tonight? Oh, I just grab it from This the is interesting because this is actually one of the arguments for why, I mean, the word settle is such a dangerous word, but it's one of the reasons why I just chose Trisha and I'm just good to go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Only reason why we're not married is because Trisha wants to wait. If mm-hmm. I had my way, there'd be a ring on it. I'd, I'd check off that box. Mm-hmm. Good to go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to think about love. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, it's, it's definitely important. But I don't want to spend any more time in the acquisition phase. Yeah, okay? the fishing, the fishing. Yeah, I, I have no... The acquisition phase, yeah. That's good no, no, I, I have no desire to be single and having to look for a, a lady. Like to do that competently is a, is a part-time or full-time job. I'm good. Trish is good. What's work. I'm going to, I'm going to water the grass that I currently have. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make what I, I'm going to work with what I got. One of the things, one of the points that came up from my research and I'll just read it word for word. uh, Having a simple personal life, AKA a low maintenance partner. Yeah. 
So, you know, and I mean, certainly there's things you look for, you know, like, um, personally, one of the things that I don't look for is a lady with a big ass, like wet ass pussy, like that song. I was just saying that it's like this big, big butt. Wait, you, so you avoid that? What? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Okay. Oh, I'm just saying like, there's thought process that goes into this. That, in my opinion, at least for a female, is it's really difficult to maintain. So the amount of the amount of <laughs> wait, well, I'm so confused. What's going on? Okay. The amount of women that oh. like no, I'm serious though, because it seems no, like large I know, butts. But it's just, it seems the, like large butts are really popular. The right way now. that you're taking this is just mind blowing. But yes, I, I it get seems it. like large butts are really popular. But in my opinion, they they peak early and they depreciate quickly. The amount oh. of women in their 40s that have a massive and great butt, virtually none. All right, I think we're, we're I think we're experiencing podcast. Good, here. good so lord! That's what all I have to say to this. Is good lord! Okay, so um, podcast fatigue. We're over two hours, up, by the way. Yeah, to <laughs> wrap amazing. this up, two hours special. Uh, yeah, yeah, another two hour special. Look, uh, we're oh, no, very one. sober October. Yeah, we're very serious about sober October. We will be releasing the full full uh, rules for this contest, and the people just like the half marathon that do sober October with us will on sunday i think it's sunday november 1st yeah that's perfect sunday november 1st is is when we're going to have all you guys on for for however long it takes to just kind of pass the microphone around here so to speak and share about what you got from the month in terms of what you overcame and and what you've done in that month to really make yourself uh not complacent and you know as we said throughout this podcast putting that winter coat on and and preparing so i think that uh Everybody that wants to partake in this, when this episode comes out, please message us. You'll have from Monday the 28th until, uh, I guess it's Wednesday the 30th to message us so that we actually make sure you're signed up and make sure that you're enrolled with us. And then that way, we'll actually take it upon ourselves to make sure that you're really enrolled in this. Uh, one of the three of us, and it depends who it will be. Hold on, uh, hold on. Yeah. Bring us back a step though. Because like... Austin, you're the only one, I think, out of the three of us that, that struggles with the Has alcohol to do consumption. It? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I struggle with alcohol consumption because I don't like drink a ton, but it's just like not healthy and I haven't not done it for an extended period of time yet. So, uh, but yeah, there, there it goes again. Um, yeah, but, I would say, but hold on, yeah, hold on, point yeah. this out there. Like, hold on, but, but Amher, you don't drink, right? At all. I've been sober Would for you 22 say years. Like a, <laughs> no, no, but the reason why I say this though is that like, so like, I mean, I drink very little. So like, fine, like I won't have like my one bottle a month. Okay, no problem. But like, what I'm saying is like, that's not a severe challenge for me. And I know there's a lot of the people that I know out West here that that's not a challenge for them. Ammer clearly it's not a problem. 22 years solid. I'm well, no, so let's, yeah, let's define what sober October No, no, is. I think, I think that Austin, I think that there's the three aspects here. I think that yeah. one of the Work aspects of sober day, October. Be clean, no, don't drink. Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to just say like, you're like, so there'll be the three challenges, but all of us, it's, it's one overall challenge. Like for me, for example, I, and I know so because, you know, one of the things that I, I, I kind of, it's actually kind of funny because you remember on the podcast where I talked about masturbation and how, mm-hmm. you know, that was, you that still, was the thing that you I still struggle, struggle with that. Oh, big time, man. Oh, that's, one of the, oh, yeah, that's one of my weakest disciplines, but it's so funny. Uh, this is such a, this is such a side note, but it's so funny because 
um, I get text messages from random guys who listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like we're not random guys, but you know, people that I communicate with. Said and, this like, before. It's so and it's so funny. Cause like, I'll get like, I'll be like, I'll be like sitting there, like, you know, doing an estimate and I'll look at my phone. I'll get a text message from a guy and he's like, Hey man, like I just masturbated. Like, you know, like reset. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. And you're like, like oh, you off your game. Why have I committed to this? Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm like a bunch, like there's a bunch of people that like, I'm their accountability buddy for not masturbating. So I get these text messages out of the blue that are just like, Hey dude, like, uh, you gotta reset the clock for me. I, I, uh, <laughs> so point being mine is no fap October. You mean, well, there is no nut November. That's an actual thing. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. Well that I won't do. Cause that would be including Trisha and something that's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I will do the no fap October. Okay. No. Cool. Okay, cool. No fat box. Cause that's a legitimate challenge for me. The yeah. drinking is yeah. no problem, right? Okay, great. So that's good for you, John. Uh, Amor, what are, are you, or do you have something that you want to eliminate or change? Cause I'm going to do, you guys already know what ex- it is. Exercise every day, uh, eat clean and no drinking. That's a huge big three for me. Right. So mm. I wanna well, I'll, sure. I'll do the same, but just like, just the no, the no fat. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. No, but I'm just trying to say like for, to Amor, for John and I, those are huge things. So Amor, no TV. Is this what we're, is this where we're going? Oh, I don't have a TV. My, my, my thing is uh, social Screen media time. use, man. There you go. There you Screen go. Time, man. It's, it's, okay. So are the stats back up? Are we back at working a full, full, full 40 hour week on the, on the phone or what? Do you want me to? Check? Oh yeah. Do we, by the, I'm curious. You gotta let yeah. me know the stats yeah, right now. My like raw, my oh my raw God. stats. Oh no. No, no, no. Watch it be like 75 hours. Dude, I, I, I would die. No, Amherst, um, Amherst playing it off. I bet it's some low number. I bet it's, I bet it's super low. Amherst getting all you, cocky you, right now. I'm not getting cocky. No, no I'm going to say, it's, oh, no. I'm going to say it's 42 hours. Yeah, hold on, hold on. We're, we're taking bets. Okay. I, I got to give like that Vegas odds, like above or under. So Austin, yeah, what's the over to, under? Yeah. yeah, the over under on this is uh, forty. Like, like a Vegas number would be like 40, 42. You gonna go above or below? I'm gonna go above. Okay, so which week we're looking at? Week of September sixth or week of September thirteenth? Uh, week of September thirteenth. Well, on what's what's take the is is it a drastic difference between the two? There is, yeah. Okay, what, take the what average. What would be the variable? The what would be the variable that caused the difference? Yeah, what's the doesn't it have an average weekly time? Like, isn't that a thing? Yeah, but the, there's a big difference between the two weeks. I know, but why? Were you away? What were I, don't, you I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, well, what's the higher of the two weeks? Okay. <laughs> this is... You guys ready? Yeah. Well, I, I, Place yeah. your bets. Place your bets. Well, I, I said above, above or 42. under, and he, took, and he said he took above 42. I'm saying, I guess, below. Where is oh, it? Oh, man. 49 49 dude. Yeah. did i see 16 hours on facebook yeah yeah <laughs> okay so i guess on october 1st we're deleting all of Amber's social media again i don't have a calculator but Amber, what's 16 what's 16 times 52 <laughs> 16 times 52 832 okay now divide that by divide that by 10 832 divided by 10, 83. That's how many books you're giving up for the use of Facebook every year. And that's a high, that's a high number because 10 hours is pretty aggressive to read a book. I mean, it's, it's, you could really, it's more than 80 books, but we'll account for the fact that, you know, you might, you know, slow down. The previous three weeks before that were 30 hours. 
So I don't know why that week. Are you still doing like I remember when you had like your big ass week? It was like over fifty. I think it was uh, you were on maps and your phone a lot. Is that still the case, or are we just looking strictly social media? He's not driving anywhere. I'm not driving anymore, Austin. Oh, so it's even worse, man. It's even worse. This is worse. Like for just strictly social media, this is even worse than we had it before. Amber, I I hate to do this to you, brother, but I got to call you out. Imagine ten years from now. No, imagine. How old are you? 20, 21? 22 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Imagine you're 42. Okay. You're living in a, in a, in a, in a, just a half duplex basement suite and your son, you got, you got four sons. You got a, you got a wife and your, your son comes up to you and he says, Hey, I hate this hammer. Example. Don't give me this. Example. Hammer. Or oh, hey, hey, daddy. How come, how come Austin and John, they live in the prosperous land of Wakefield, Quebec. And and we live in a half duplex basement suite. It's like, like you don't even you don't even have the top floor. Like you're literally son, just in the basement suite. Son. And it's like, son, I it's apologize. I it's because I spent 16 hours a day on Facebook. Not a week. day. It's a week. A week. Oh, a week. I mean, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and uh and, and your uncle John and your uncle Austin, they utilize that time to live you know to prosper and that's why they live in wakefield and chelsea or whatever (laughs) oh man that's so great okay so obviously for emirates deleting social media for a month that'll be interesting i bet oh my god hold on what are we listing as social media because i mean linkedin like is that in there too or what's going on i think you have to be on linkedin ever if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah, i do okay i also have to be on facebook starting tomorrow i'm starting to do facebook ads tomorrow Okay, but we're talking. Uh, you, can what, we're ad, you can get an ad. You can get an ad manager account. But but I don't need to do that on my phone. No, but isn't ad yeah, manager yeah, yeah, yeah. a different yeah. thing? No, no, but like yeah, like it, you're it, gonna be using Facebook. Don't yeah, no, I'm ad. bullshitting. You guys should have called me on that BS. Doesn't yeah, need to be yeah, on my phone. Yeah. Doesn't need to be on yeah. my phone. I can do it on my computer. Hold on, Amr. Do you have like I mean, do you have clients that actually regularly contact you? Uh, no, no, no. Do you have uh, any like I mean, do, like do you like Amr's got to turn his phone off for a month. Oh, dude, I, I don't know about that, dude. Oh, Didn't you say you had a flip phone for people to reach you? Yeah, I uh, I folded on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got to be honest. Like, what, no, but what if you get a flip phone and you just turn off your phone for a month? Uh, there is a feature on my phone that it goes battery saving mode and it only just receives texts and, and just goes does phone calls. So imagine what you'd get done in a month if you did dude, that. What a game changer. Amber, what a game changer this dude. So assuming so Amber, assuming that Amber, assuming that seventy five. Is that too bad of a goal for you, Amber? Assuming that seventy five percent of that forty nine hours. My life. Like my life would look very different. For a good thing, in a good way though, I'd say. Forty nine hours. Let's assume that seventy five percent of that was for like strictly just pleasure or social media. It's definitely so, over 90, yeah. Okay, so let's just say 80 then to be very conservative. Not 90, so f- 90, 90 is conservative. I'm going to be very honest okay, with you, Okay, okay, 90, 90 is conservative. So you would unlock, Amr, you would unlock 44 hours a week and you would unlock 176 hours in that But moment. it would also increase your efficiency, I imagine. Amr, I'm already, you know much- I'm, I'm very productive during the day already. So it's like- Amr, Amr. Yeah, 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 dude. Mediocracy, one, brother, brother. Dude, I'm already productive. I'm, all, dude. I'm already disciplined. I'm already facts, this. Facts, right? facts, facts, Extra facts. discipline. Great times produce weak men. Mm, mm, mm. 
dude, I'll tell you right now, your father, when ah. he was, when he was on a broken leg, marching through trade oh, shows, wow. trying to get your family across the ocean to Toronto. Was he on Facebook 16 hours Dude, a week? Dude, he was not was on question. Facebook for 16 hours a week. He was on the newspaper. Your dad don't even know what Facebook is. He doesn't even have an account. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, I think we got it. Oh, I think we sober got it. October. Okay, so this starts um, oh. when? Jesus. Flip phone October for Amber. Um, this starts October 1st. There's the October I'm gonna get a head start because I feel like I'm gonna need that extra buffer. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. I, I feel like I'm gonna try and like work out the kinks in, in, in yeah. over the next week and a half. Yeah, but like, when this podcast start... releases, all of this will already be will yeah. already be so so we just so you guys are clear on the listeners, like we record a week ahead of time. So we're recording on September 20th right now, even though you're only hearing this on the 28th. So by the time you hear this, we would have had like eight days to kind of play around with because by the time you hear it, we only have two days to lock it in and then we're, 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 we don't have, there's no turning back. Right. So, um, Amber, like let's chat next week. Um, this was a really good recording. This was a good I like one. this one. I like this one. It's okay. a dangerous episode. All right. Sober October, episode. 2020, October 1st to the 31st message us. If you want to join, we'll create a custom, like, we'll just kind of let us know what you're doing differently. If you know, any one of my or John's or Amber's kind of, goals or, or what our conditions are for that month if there's anything that's unique to you with what you need to um cut back on let us know how you're participating in your one form i think that between the three of us there's kind of like different packages right like the classic sober october package with me where it's just like no alcohol eat well work out every day you have to break a sweat every day is essentially a condition for that uh john just no masturbating ammer off his phone so i think it'd be hard to find somebody who wouldn't need to cut back on any one of those five things, right? Like doesn't need to drink less, doesn't need to work out more, doesn't need to eat better, doesn't need to be on their phone less and doesn't need to masturbate less. So I think it'd be pretty hard to find somebody who wouldn't be like, yeah, I could improve on one of those five things. Well, we'll so, find out. Well, I mean, some of our listeners are going to go, eh, not for me. Maybe I'll do it. I'll do it, but it'll be on my own terms. That eh, you're not going to do it. Do it. I'm okay with mediocrity. <laughs> I don't need, I don't yeah. need to be a better person. Yeah, exactly. So jump in. Uh, let us know how you're going to participate. We'll see you next week. Peace. Hey, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.